Welcome to Other You, a podcast where we discuss a decision in our lives that may or may not have had a long-lasting impact. We unpack some of the factors behind it and then explore in short story form what the other version of ourselves might have experienced around that time or shortly thereafter. I'm your host, Dee. Let's see where this story takes us. Welcome back to another episode of Other You. I'm your host, D, and today on the show, I have with me a web developer who is also a personal trainer who left the corporate world to pursue his vision to build his own business, to be an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, <laughs> business owner. Please welcome to the show, Denny Luong. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Diane. Thank you, everyone. So how's it going? How you been? Good. Yeah, we were just catching up about uh, all the extra added food i've been eating mm, yeah <laughs> on a curry streak real quick nice yo curry is so i wasn't always super keen on curry but my wife has she has brought me around um and i don't know there's no reason why i didn't like curry um but she because she loves it so much like she's has it anytime there's curry on the menu she she has it so oh, yeah. <laughs> I have, i've come to the point where i'm like oh yeah this is this is amazing so curry twice a week into it <laughs> so into that <laughs> right on right on Excellent. and i've been making it interesting because i've been trying to make it uh, vegan okay yeah Ooh. i try to cook a lot of plant-based mm-hmm. so do you um do you are you mostly vegan or is that or are you like completely vegan? I mean, do you just try and uh, do most of your stuff plant-based or are you like vegan? I just try to do most of my stuff plant-based um, okay. because I think it's a nice way to, uh, for lack of a better way, <laughs> to, to not eat as much meat. Oh, fair enough. So that's about it. Uh, it's it's more of a, it's an experiment to be honest. I'm just okay. trying it out, seeing if it affects my performance. And I would say it actually, actually now that I've, bring it up it actually has improved my performance really? because i'm not as uh tired or sleepy because okay. you know how like when you eat too much you tend to uh what's it called you get you get into a food coma yeah 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 so i have had way less of those i only have them because i eat so much okay but <laughs> but yeah okay less frequent right now. and less severe all right so as a, as a personal trainer hit mm-hmm. me with five vegetables that you would recommend for people to incorporate into their diet assume they have they don't eat vegetables at all Hmm. what are five vegetables that they should consider adding to their diet straight up let's see um so definitely beans okay i mean they're legumes but is that a vegetable that's gonna be very interesting i mean i would say so yeah why not (laughs) um i know a lot of people do kale but i'm not actually into kale it's it's okay but i prefer spinach so that's the second one i would okay i would say um let's see it's a good question broccoli that's the third one okay broccoli uh two more so hmm vegetables brussels sprouts that's the fourth brussels one sprouts. yeah uh, hmm, a fifth one yeah it's interesting because i never i never really thought about it uh okay. Well, I mean, I kind of do. I try to like mix everything up, but the five best ones. Hmm. hmm. I'm missing one. Yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. a, there's this one. one. I want it to be super basic because I like having a really basic item, which is just like lettuce. Okay. Or cabbage. Sure. So 
because that's really easy to get yeah. and it doesn't really taste like anything so mm. most people are fine with eating it yeah. i mean they might hate it because it usually comes in a salad but right. yeah yeah i i think if I, if I was gonna pick five vegetables they would definitely be spinach brussels sprouts watercress cabbage and scallions Mm. Uh, oh yeah uh, i love onion flavored stuff so scallions <laughs> that 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 them's them's my jam but watercress i discovered only like a couple months ago is oh. uh the way that someone described it to me they're like yeah it's like the chicken of vegetables and i was like w- what does that mean and apparently there's almost 20 grams of protein in a 100 calorie serving of watercress hmm but okay but, but the trick of that is that's like almost two pounds of watercress, though. Yeah, I was going to say, that's actually a lot. I don't <laughs> know how you're going to eat yes, all that. That is a lot of watercress. But, I mean, it's it's one of the, the highest protein vegetables, but I, I always thought that to be funny. But, I mean, I, I, I don't mind it. I, I kind of like uh, the flavor of it. So, But, yeah, <laughs> th- those, those would be mine. Right on. <laughs> uh, I mean, I like scallions and onions, but mm-hmm. uh, if I were going to tell someone, if I was going to tell someone to eat that, all the time i think they'd have a little bit of a hard time especially if you have to eat it because the, the foods that i mentioned are trying to be um high quantity so that you, uh, okay. you stay full gotcha. so like the scallions and everything you should put them because they taste good right um and watercress as well but like you said if nobody's gonna eat two pounds of watercress <laughs> or at least it's gonna be very hard like very very hard yeah that is that is correct i agree <laughs> i agree with you on that i agree with you Oh man. Okay. And then, um, you're also a web designer. Do you, mm-hmm. do you own your, the, the company or are you partnered with a few people where you got together pooled resources? Uh, tell us a little bit about, um, your company. So it is just me. I, I run it solo. Okay. I do have a, uh, so I have two virtual assistants and an illustrator. So hmm. technically they are contract based. Okay. They're not, on the actual team itself or like I don't employ them. So, uh, so yeah, pretty much it's just me cause I do it. So back in corporate and throughout my, I guess anytime I worked, to be honest, mm-hmm. I was doing automation. So I am oh. really big into automations. So I just try to automate as much as I can. Okay. And a lot of times you, you'll notice that there's a lot of repetitive tasks and I try to take those out of the way instead of hiring somebody unless gotcha. I really have to. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So even my a lot of my software is just automation, or like it's it's already automated for me. Really? Okay. I am very lazy. <laughs> that's what I <laughs> that's what I tell everybody. I am like extremely lazy. Yeah. I don't want to do the work myself, so I'll do the work ahead of time. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's like a weird way of looking at lazy. Yeah. No, no, no. That's that man. I was I was listening to somebody yesterday talking about um the the work that that we do and how many like uh, titans of business have had a similar mindset where they look for the laziest uh, employees and then they give them like really complex tasks just so they can figure out the easiest way, you know, to do things Mm -hmm. that are going to be the least amount of work for them. Um, Yeah. So I I heard that as well. Yeah. I don't want to be an employee though. That's for sure. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. How how long? I can just do it myself. (laughs) (laughs) How long have you uh, been running your business? So it's been about a year. Yeah, a pretty year. much a year. Okay. A little over a year. Okay. The Makino mm-hmm. Creative is, is mm-hmm. your, your business. Your MakinoCreative.com is the website. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. And then you have some of your portfolio up. And so, yeah, if you guys are interested in some 
stuff from a, a, a web developer. <laughs> Holler at your boy uh, at yeah. Creative. <laughs> right on. All right. Excellent. Let us let us transition then into um, your decision. Hit us with that moment in your life where you made a choice or life made a choice for you. And we can still see the impact. Hmm. Okay. Well, so most recently what happened was like the reason why I decided to... I guess it was a really big one. So the, a big decision was leaving the corporate world to start my own business. Okay. I would say that's pretty big. And that came about because I had read a book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Okay. Have you heard, have you read it yet? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So do you remember chapter two? Do you know, do you remember what that is? No, I couldn't tell you what okay. was in chapter two. So chapter two is talking about the funeral. Okay. Um, and for anybody who doesn't know, if, or just a recap, it's actually, um, I forgot what chapter two is exactly about, but I do know for sure that chapter two is talking about the funeral as in, if you were attending your own funeral, what would people say about you? Right. And I was reading up to that point and then I read it. I was like, yeah, I would, everybody would just say I'm a really hard worker. Mm -hmm. And I was like hard worker like nothing else <laughs> like that like what else would they say it's like uh, a good friend maybe um someone who cares about their time and pretty much out everyone would say hard worker like because mm -hmm. even now like during that current period of time a lot of people were just saying oh you're such a hard worker like everything you do like you're trying to do so much but i didn't want to just be a hard worker especially since i was at corporate in my opinion they don't you aren't valued at corporate as much as you could be if you're outside yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's when I was like, okay, uh, I had a, I don't know what you call it, maybe an epiphany. I woke up the next day and I was like, I'm leaving. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I woke up and then I just said, you know it. what? I'm, I'm, I'm done. Wow. Yeah. I, I put in my two weeks notice. I didn't just like literally quit. I, okay. I did put in my, my two weeks notice. Actually, I think it was four weeks. Oh, yeah, because really? we were in a big project. Yeah, we were in a really okay. big project, and I could—I didn't feel right just leaving them without any type of help. Because in those four weeks, I just decided to automate as much as I can, because that's that's what I do, um, and document everything. So yeah, so pretty much that's what happened. I read, "What would you want people to say at your funeral?" And I was like, "Definitely not a hard worker. I wanted to make a big difference in my life, helping people, doing what I love, right. and pursuing my passion." Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was the big decision. It was just that one chapter. So. Wow. So just FYI. Have you have you seen the film Get Low? No, I haven't. Robert Duvall. Uh, he essentially um, like plans a, a like a funeral service mm. for himself while he's still mm -hmm. here, and his whole mindset was, "Well, I want to know how you guys feel while I'm I'm alive. I'm not gonna care once I'm dead. Let's see what you got, sort yeah. of thing, you know." And yeah, so that, that I'm always reminded of, of, of that film by the chapter. And then when I'm talking about that book reminds me of the film, I recommend it. I'd check it out. Get low. If you haven't Get seen low. it. Uh, okay. but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty much all about this. Like what would people say at your funeral? What, um, four weeks notice you, were you sympathetic to the other people on your team or, mm -hmm. Was it partially because you didn't want to burn any bridges? Um, it's I, I feel like the idea of uh, notice when you're leaving a job often is tied to whether or not 
you know, like leaving that little seed in case whatever you're leaving for doesn't work out, you maybe come back or whatever. There's like this industry standard that doesn't necessarily extend both ways. It's not often that you get, hey, we're going to fire you. Uh, You're going to work out your last two weeks and then never come back. Right. We fire you today. But quitting, you're supposed to give two weeks. Uh, What was it? Was it compassion for your teammates? What was some some of the motivation? Uh, Some more. Because you mentioned that you you felt bad leaving them with the big project you were working on. Yeah. So I, so the last job that I worked with, I was a consultant. Okay. And that meant that I had to fly to another project and work with another company, essentially. Okay. So what happened is we, I guess we formed like a really close bond, because when you think of it like this, you're not a, when you're a consultant, you're not an employee at that new company. Mm-hmm. You are, in my, it's, for lack of a better term, it's like you're an outcast. <laughs> like you don't, you don't fit in. Okay. Um, it, it didn't feel like that though. They were great, but, okay. but essentially that's kind of how it feels like in the uh, very beginning because you don't know anybody there. Like they're not, you're not really with them. You can't talk the same. You can't speak about everything that happens at both companies. There are right. some secrets you have to hold. Yeah. So. There are there were other consultants from Mike, uh, this company that I worked for as well, mm-hmm. the parent company, okay. the the consulting firm. There we are. Okay. So there's the the company that I was contracted to, and then there was the consulting firm that I was that I worked for. Mm-hmm. So there were a, a few of us from the firm that also worked there, and I formed a pretty good bond with them and everybody there at the company. So I I really enjoyed working with them, but it didn't make sense for me to stay. Ironically, I I. After I read the book, because I told you I read it that day, yeah, and the night before, and I said, you know, I'm just gonna say bye. <laughs> um, so I was like, I'll give you four weeks notice because if it was two weeks, uh, I wouldn't be able to do everything that I wanted to do. Because what my role wasn't just like a a regular employee. Okay, I, I had to lead a team of people. Okay, so there are about six people I had to be in charge of six people in the States at least and other teammates around the world. And I felt really bad about leaving them because there's so much that I haven't done. Like this, this project is supposed to last for two years. And I left like, well, a year, year before or two years before. Um, I was there for a while. Okay. I forget how long though. It's, it's (laughs) a couple months. Yeah. I was there for a couple months. Okay. But there was a lot of stuff that I had to just, take care of since you when you're the lead you are basically in a leadership position mm-hmm. right yeah so there were certain responsibilities that i felt i i had okay and i need to act on those before i left at least give them a good start so i guess i felt kind of there's more to the story because before i went in mm-hmm. there was actually someone before me okay i took over someone Okay. Because they were doing a bad job. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's that's honestly what happened. They were doing such a bad job. They said we need to replace you. So that's when I came on board. Gotcha. And when I got there, I was like, "This is are we allowed to curse?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Say what I'll, you need I'll, to. I'll try to refrain, but yeah, it's like fine. it's like shit is on fire. Like yeah. he messed up everything. Oh, um, that's the yeah. So I I just felt like I needed to fix stuff and. I'm kind of like a fixer. Okay. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's like just in my blood, but it's like I have to get things to a good point before I run okay. and leave. 
Okay, so it wasn't necessarily you weren't you didn't feel so devoted to the company. It was instead to maintain your own measure of standards. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So you wanted to feel good about the project where you were leaving it before you could bugger mm-hmm. off and the people because so the way that I look at it is anything that I develop, it's not just for the outcome. Mm-hmm. Like the outcome matters. Yeah. Right. But there's also people that have to take care of your work after or maintain it after you leave. Right. And I had teammates. I couldn't just be like, all right, I'm just going to write some. I don't know how much you're into coding. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything? Some, yeah. About yeah. It? So if you've ever seen really messy code, it's extremely hard to maintain. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just like say, all right, I got the outcome. I'm done. <laughs> That's <laughs> not what I want to do. I need to make sure that you can maintain it for later on. Yeah. So I was like, if anybody, I don't want anybody to say that he's just such a shit job, gotcha. right? Like after he left, I didn't want that. So I was like, I'm just going to do my best, make it as easy for the next person as possible. Interesting. So I f- that sounds like you're in part motivated by that chapter. So like if this was your funeral, right, mm-hmm. what are they going to say at your funeral? Like when you're gone, ah, uh, what a dickhead. He left <laughs> us with such sloppy code. I mean, good for him yeah. for finding the solution, but okay. Okay, I can mm-hmm. dig that. So, like, part of it is, like, uh, setting up a legacy for yourself, even if it's this little it's tiny, bitty, small one in this mm-hmm. scenario. You just want, okay, I can dig that. Yeah. Dig that. Okay. Uh, how long ago was this? Uh, I need to think about the timelines. Uh, it's See, because all this business stuff in COVID has been, like, completely warped time for me. Yeah, yeah. Like, what it feels like. Yeah. It feels like you you blink and the time is gone like the whole week is gone yeah um or or it's only been 20 minutes <laughs> all of that's that's, that's, true. that's how it was for me all last year like there was there was a point toward the end of the summer i could not remember what day of the week it was because I, I don't know i don't know why i was just so disconnected from everything everything was blurring together all of the days were the exact same and i couldn't keep tabs i was like what what day is today? And I asked my smart speaker uh, like 10 times a day. Hey, what, what's today? Oh, right. What do I do on this day of the week? You know, it's, yeah. So I, uh, I can yeah. dig that. I, I had that problem. Um, but for me, I, I didn't have it for too long because I'm very, I guess, kind of neurotic. I, I like to know everything that's happening. So okay. I, I schedule and plan everything. Right. Like, that's my problem. Yeah. I schedule way too much. Yeah. I'm an over planner. Okay. Do you do you have like uh, notebook planners that have like all of your notes, you know, scribbled down or are you strictly digital? Uh, both. So let me see. Yeah, there's a lot of post-its. Yeah. So I, that's something I've been doing recently, but I used to do it on notebooks and I was like, huh, I saw someone else do post-its, so mm-hmm. I'm going to do it as well. But basically everything is planned. Like, so I have booklets. Mm-hmm. Um, this notebook, I probably have about 10 notebooks that I've filled up already. Pretty much. Yeah. I like to, I like to keep track of everything. Digital is good. I, I guess I double plan. Okay. I like the fact that I write it down Okay. on a post-it and as well as putting it digitally. Cause I like to be reminded. I get distracted so easily. Yeah. Probably hear it while I'm talking. Like yeah. one conversation turns into three. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Big planner into it Mm -hmm. okay and then so um uh, how long ago let's go go back to that when was the when did you leave 
your job? So, uh, when did I leave? Maybe about end of 2019. Okay. So right yeah, before right COVID. Right at the end. Right. Yes, exactly. Right before COVID. Okay. I think, uh, I think the week after I left, they were like, yeah, COVID's happening. I was like, what? <laughs> like, this is an amazing way to start. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, it was very interesting. Okay. They're like, good luck, dude. I was like, right. oh, yeah. Great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. End of 2019. So when did you, how long after you left, did you start your business? It was in 2020. Uh, I think close to my, close to the first quarter. So near February, March. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So like within a, within a, a couple months. Yes. Within a couple months. I went, I spent the first few months just recollecting myself. Uh -huh. Um, cause I had a, so there's also more of it. The reason I even got to that book was uh -huh. because I was having a slight mental breakdown at work. Cause I was yeah. like, there's so much to do. I was pretty stressed out because wow, okay. I was telling you I was in charge of other people. Yeah. And the fun thing is, I don't know if anybody talks about it, but even though I'm in charge of other people, I have to do my own work. So if they don't do their work, I have to do my work and their work. Yeah. So it's like, oh, that's great. Yeah. That's the fun part of leadership, man. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's advertised as this really exciting and fun opportunity, but it rarely is anything but, especially in like the early tiers of leadership, right? So the mm -hmm. lowest rungs of leadership where you have a small team beneath you or you're in some measure of middle management, just the amount of work that you have to do. And um, so one of my buddies is a director and he, uh, one of the things that we were, we would talk about and laugh about um, when I first started acting, he's like, you know, as a director, you know what my job is to eat shit. That's my job. I just eat shit all day. I have to deal with everyone's nonsense all day, you know? And oh, yeah. so that's I, like, I view it, uh, the, the lower rungs of leadership in, in, in a similar way where you're like, it is your job to, you know, to encourage people, to motivate, to empower and all that, and to pick up after them, to wipe their nose and put band-aids on their skin knees and, you know, deal with all of the babies that we are, you know, when we're just regular employees, you know? Oh yeah, so, that's for sure. Yeah. So, okay. So that was stressing you out and it, it had been stressing you out for a time. And then, yes. okay. And then you read the book and you're like, Oh, freedom. I'm out. Of here. <laughs> yeah, right. pretty much. Uh, yeah. Cause I'm pretty big into, I guess, trying to improve or maintain my mental health. Mm -hmm. Cause I also have like bipolar disorder. Okay. So I have bouts of depression and I have been able to control it, but just when you're really stressed, there's no way, at least I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. Okay. So that's when I started reading the book. And then I was like, that's probably what made me say, I don't give a damn. I'm just going to leave. Wow. Okay. Okay. And, and had you been, had you been dealing with a bout of, I don't know, like the, the bottom, the downswing of the bipolar, mm -hmm. uh, when you came to that decision, had you, had you like come out of dealing with that? Recently? Yeah, I was still in the, yeah, I was still in the depression phase. Okay. Uh, I think I was, if I really had to take a look at what was happening mm -hmm. and admit it to myself, I was probably suffering for about maybe a year. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. Okay. Shoot. Because it comes and goes. Yeah. But which I'm gonna be honest, I'd rather have that than full blown chronic depression. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'll take a year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then did you, when you, when you came to that realization after reading that book, did you have mm-hmm. a marked t- change? Was there like a, a, a very drastic turn in your mood and, you know, the way that you were viewing the world at that time? Did you like see an upswing after that moment of like, ah, oh, you know what? I'm quitting. I'm out. I'm getting out of this. Did you see the upswing at that point? Hmm. Well... The upswing. So what do you mean exactly? Like just mood or like my perception? So the, the way that I, the way that I view like my own in life, um, bouts of depression where I can see myself and I just, I, I imagine it like a pendulum. Right. And so mm-hmm. if, if when I'm doing well, the pendulum is like horizontal, maybe frozen in place at it for a time, but I can feel when it's dipping. Right. And I can feel myself dropping and, Oftentimes it's, it's not because of anything that has happened. It's literally just, I, it, the hell it's, it's another day. Great. Now let's feel sad sort of thing, you know? (laughs) And so, um, and I, I think the, the most, the most, the, like when it was most clear that that happens to me, this was about eight years ago. Um, I made myself dinner. I was sitting down to eat and I remember like coming to, so to speak, with just resting my head on my hand, like slowly chewing my food, staring into my microwave at -hmm. home and thinking like, wow, I'm really depressed. But why? There's no reason. And I was like halfway done with my food. So I had, I had like disappeared into my head for like half of my meal. So, I mean, that's where I recognize that. So if, if I'm imagining for you, if you feel yourself in this space where you can identify like, okay, I'm dealing with, um, feelings of depression and this, this time I'm experiencing this, like, do you feel yourself coming out of that? That's what I would call the upswing coming out of that to, uh, you know, a better mental state, uh, where you have, you know, a firmer grasp on, um, I don't know where you are, I guess. Hmm. Uh, let's see. So if I remember clearly what happened was, I think, it switched from the depressive episode into the manic episode. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It was a really quick switch. Gotcha. Um, yeah. I, if I remember correctly, it was an extremely quick switch. So I went to, okay, it sounds bad. I went to sleep depressed and uh-huh. then I woke up manic. Wow. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, cause it, it was, like I said, it was kind of like an epiphany. Okay. So after like I woke up, I was like, I'm done. I was like, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. (laughs) But I was pretty excited. I was like, I'm going to tell everybody, you suck. I'm kidding. (laughs) I didn't say that. Yeah. um, I love that. Okay. Um, What, um, let's unpack a little bit of who you were at the time then. Um, Mm -hmm. And okay. Yeah. So we're, we're like a year, a little over a year and a few months removed from that. Uh, So what, what is family like for you or what was family like for you then? Do you have siblings, parents? Are you guys near each other geographically? Do you get to see your family? So at that time, I so I told you I was with another or contracted to another company. Right. 
the company so i'm based out of houston texas mm -hmm. and the company I, I was contracted to was based in marlboro uh oh my god it's massachusetts okay i was, oh, like, wow. I was trying to think i was like i'm trying to think like what, what state was it in um yeah so i had to fly every single week i was actually home about from saturday night till sunday evening sorry sunday afternoon so i wasn't even home for like 24 hours Whoa. so yeah there was a lot of traveling involved and that was happening wow. for if i remember at least six months hmm. so that's that was the first part of the contract and then the the six months before that i was also working a lot i was probably working about 100 hours a week so the thing is that bring this up because i didn't really get to see my family that's why wow. that's why that's important okay so family life it was kind of difficult to maintain right mm -hmm. with my parents and my uh and my sister so i have one sibling okay yeah so it was i rarely ever saw them and i, I rarely ever spoke to them either because with all the working mm -hmm. and then the time zone changes and i was just so tired <laughs> all yeah. the time yeah. yeah wow okay so then uh, is your family uh based out of houston as well or are you guys scattered mm -hmm. okay so they're yeah they're they're in houston gotcha okay so the family's in houston uh and then is she a uh, big sister little sister big she's big yep, she's older gotcha okay all right. Um, so we know about the you were a consultant. So what what kind of hobbies? And I mean, I can't imagine you have too many hobbies if you're working 100 hour weeks or at work and like you're only home for a day. Uh, were yeah. you were you able to maintain any hobbies? Did you have any like things where you were like, okay, it in I'm imagining you stayed in hotels or did they rent you an apartment? I had a hotel. Okay, yep. so you're staying in hotels. Um, did you like play a bunch of cell phone video games? Did you where it was? Did you watch a lot of movies when you're like about to pass out? Or were you able to do anything for you? Anything fun? So, I tried to maintain as many hobbies as I could. I'm okay. really I've always been into fitness. Okay. Like whether or not I was a personal trainer. So the personal training thing is pretty recent, to be yeah. honest. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to do it because, why not? Yeah. Um, but aside from that, yeah, I was, I like working out. That's definitely one of my hobbies. So I did that all the time after I worked out or sorry, after work, okay. I worked out That's gotcha. a lot of work okay. in one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So I exercise usually after whenever I could, mm -hmm. except when I was working those hundred hour work weeks, those right. were just awful. Like, Brutal. Yeah. So those, when I was doing that, I had zero time for hobbies, okay. but when I was traveling, it was actually okay because I got to read. Uh, I love reading, love exercising. And then I deliberately booked hotels that had a kitchen in it so I could cook. Gotcha. So I could at least do three things that I enjoyed. And yeah, so I didn't have like a full range of hobbies that I could do, mm -hmm. but at least I had those. And there were times when I got to visit people around the area like because mm -hmm. so, i knew some friends that were in boston so i would just drive to to boston whenever gotcha. i had free time okay are you yeah. are uh are you a drinker do you drink 
Yes, we used to drink. So that's actually part of it. I used to drink too much oh. while. So when you're consulting, you kind of have to drink. There's nothing, nothing. There's literally nothing else you you do. Everybody just wants to drink and yeah. talk. And I'm like, I just want to cook, eat, or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I like to be active and move. I I'm a pretty big drinker, but if I had a choice, I would I would throw away drinking, which I have since I stopped consulting. I just okay. really uh, stopped drinking. Okay. And yeah. So, right big drinker. But what's um, what's your drink of choice? I usually just do um, just do whiskey, or I would do whiskey sour. Ooh, whiskey sour! I love me a yeah. whiskey sour. <laughs> okay. That's fun. I forget. I think that's usually the only thing I ever got. Really? Yeah. Just either whiskey <laughs> straight up or a whiskey sour. Yeah, because nice. um, I don't think I liked anything else. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I, I liked anything else. I don't know why. <laughs> I, so I, I'm really bad with beer too. If anybody give me a beer, um, I had one and I was pretty drunk. <laughs> oh, what? Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, that I can handle cool. more whiskey than I can handle beer for some reason. Interesting. Okay. Actually, well, let me take that back. Technically, I don't drink the whole bottle of whiskey because then that you would die. That'd be bad. We, we would all be dead. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That'd be bad. All right. Um. Music. What kind of music mm. were you into? Uh, I've always been pretty much into hip hop, R and B, mostly ninety percent R and B, and like I guess ten percent or nine percent hip hop and one percent anything else that sure. comes comes up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what what era of R and B? Nineties, two thousands, current. Probably two thousands. Yeah. 2000s? Like a lot of Mario and. Uh, trying to think neo mario there's there's a lot of them um i just have to look back at it. i have a playlist but i don't remember i just kind of like play it and then forget right okay all right i'm into that do you ever listen to like uh maxwell or yeah a little joe? bit right. oh yeah joe <laughs> nice I'm trying to remember um uh, i mean chris brown i definitely listened to him okay and yeah i'm trying to think like when you have to think about it it's a different different story because he's like oh i have to think about the answers now instead of just doing it (laughs) all right all right um okay so outside of the 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 weeks when you're working 100 hours Mm -hmm. what was a typical routine so you mentioned that you would go hit the gym after work so was it basically just work hit the gym and then go out for drinks after that? Or what would, what would a typical day look like for you? Did you go out to lunch or would you like work through lunch? What's, what's like, what, what is on the docket for Denny? Hmm, so back when I, you said outside of the hundred hour work weeks, mm-hmm. right? Technically they were both 100 hour. Uh, I forgot to mention that, but one of them was literally just all work. The other one was uh, work and travel and, Mm. a lot of driving um so pretty much it was wake up read Mm. and eat some breakfast and then go straight to work and then yeah so at work we most of us just ate at our desk because there's a lot of work to go on um the reason why is they were typically doing they're trying to cram a couple years of work into a few months. <laughs> Jeez. 
so so yeah i don't know why everybody does that it's it's kind of um i i still don't know why they do that i think it's just because for fun <laughs> they're just like here hopefully you'll be able to do it yeah yeah i really have no explanation though because we all all of them are, are like you know we can't do that right mm-hmm. uh it just makes no sense think right. about this because i think i brought up or I didn't bring it up, but there was a story that they were, they brought up, and it was, it took eight developers, two years to do this task, and you have five of us in six months. Yeah. So it took longer and had more people. Right. And you're gonna give us less people and less time. That makes perfect sense. Make it happen. <laughs> I believe. <that>. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. I I don't know what that is about them. Maybe just poor planning or overconfidence. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Everything eat at the desk yeah so we pretty much had to eat that uh eat while working and after work i would try to leave as fast as possible so i could work out and then go for drinks usually what i would try to do is if i worked out i'd been like sorry guys i can't drink i'm working out because uh you lose all your gains uh it's kind of counterproductive at least for me I, i hate the feeling of like working so hard on my body and then drinking alcohol just to get rid of it all over again. It put oh. myself through more pain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm also the type of person who would rather eat their calories than drink it. That's fair. I'm, I'm with you yeah. also on that. I, I am, I'm with you on that because I feel like with drinking your calories, you can, you can almost drink like a full day's worth of calories in like two drinks sometimes you know like especially like for example i was in i was in vegas um and they they gave me a voucher for a free milkshake right Mm. and i was like i got you let me get this milkshake and this milkshake was like it was bonkers it was there was like a full moon pie in there um (laughs) and like a bunch of candy and stuff and like so much ice cream and i was like there's a lot there's a lot to this and uh okay let's get it on let's go (laughs) i mean i love like drinking milkshakes and everything like but it's not as satisfying um (laughs) (laughs) okay um so then uh we have your routine down uh what was your what was your projection for life at the time like in terms of what did you what did you practically think uh, that you were working toward at that time? You had this job, you were doing consulting, you're doing all the work that you were doing, doing the coding, building automation. Uh, what were you working towards? Were you were you planning on climbing a ladder? Were you you know planning on having a corner office? What what was the projection for you at that time? Yeah, so what I want, why I was working so hard was I was trying to get promoted. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was basically the main concern because, like, all right, I'm working so hard. I wanted to get promoted, get more pay, and also, if to be honest, just more prestige. Okay. Right. It's like it's nice to have that that uh, that pride. Yeah. But then after a while, that's when the decision came where I thought, why does it matter? Yeah. Just, I'm still working here. I'm not truly making a difference. Yeah. So if it was before that time period, it was just, I want to make more money and, uh, okay. So make more money, have more prestige, get promoted. That was pretty much it, which is 
not anything crazy in my opinion. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that, that, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So conversely, kind of fit into everybody's normal life. Yeah. Yeah. Conversely, what were your hopes and dreams at the time? And this is the stuff that these are the ridiculous. That's never going to happen, but I would love it if it did sort of what were, what were those dreams for 2019 Denny? Hmm. I was really big into, uh, so there's a podcast that's talking about like real estate. I think it was bigger pockets. Okay. And I was, I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> I want to <laughs> make some money and buy some real estate so I could rent it out and make more money. Gotcha. That was, that was kind of the, uh, what I wanted to do. Okay. All right. I don't know if that answered it. Yeah, yeah. But you you wanted to do it on the scale of like a mogul. It's not like, oh, I want to go buy a two flat and rent out those two apartments. This was like, you were like, oh, I want to I wanna invest in real estate and like have that be like a major portion of my income sort of thing. Like, are you familiar with Grant Cardone? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, something... I was really big into Grant Cardone. Okay. So was it something like that, Grant Cardone? Like you want to go buy a bunch of apartment buildings and have them for a while and then sell them buy a bigger one and have more stuff like that. Yeah. So, cause I got, yeah, I got the idea cause of uh, rich dad, poor dad. And then I got into Grant Cardone. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you've read rich dad, poor dad yet. Yeah. 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 That was okay. like, yeah, cause he talks about buying real estate. Yeah. That was like all the rage when I was in college. Everyone was like, guys, you have to read this book. It'll change your life. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I guess that was the catalyst, really. Okay. Oh, you think so? So that was that was, that was was part of what set you on that path to like get out of the corporate world? Okay, so... so yeah. Cl- go ahead, go ahead. Oh, um, yeah, I was just going to say that I, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad when I started my corporate job. And then I was okay. working for a while. And then just things started changing because I had a different projection. Mm-hmm. Projection instead of just working to make money, I wanted to make passive income. Right. That was the the start of the catalyst. Gotcha. Okay. So once you started envisioning yourself buying and selling real estate, did you envision yourself transitioning from the corporate world where you were into that, or uh, maintaining your position in the corporate world and then doing all of the real estate purely for passive, as an aside, you know, to like build your wealth that way while you still maintained a job. So the goal was always to get out of uh, maintaining a job. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to okay. work my entire life. Okay. So that's, that's really what I wanted the real estate to do. Gotcha. Okay. So when you started to get into real estate, you, you already had a mind to leave the corporate world. It wasn't until mm-hmm. you read the, yes. uh, chapter two of the seven habits of highly effective people that you kickstarted that. Okay. Okay. So that was like in, that was in your mind already. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was, let's say, I guess it, I didn't expect to leave so young or so Mm -hmm. early. I wanted to work for like 20 years, maybe 15 years, Ah. Uh, not two, (laughs) like one or two. Okay. All right. (laughs) That's great. Okay. 
but to be honest, there wasn't really, I didn't see a real difference. I was like, what's the difference if I waited? I got more experience. Yeah. It's not like I don't have any experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I was already building the stuff that I'm doing now for business just with another company. Yeah. Just working under them. So mm-hmm. why not? You're right. Okay. Okay. I can dig that. I think, I think I have an idea, especially knowing that your ultimate goal was to dip out on corporate world anyway, uh, but to like essentially rise as quickly as you could so that you can make as much money and have as much prestige so that you could go out like exactly when you wanted to. Right. That's what I'm imagining was like your, the way that you mm-hmm. were setting yourself up. Um, and then, when you got out transitioning from that corporate using like a, the dowry that you had built for yourself, if for lack of a better word to invest in real estate and like build a, a, a wealth through passive income. Right. That's a, that's mm-hmm. about what it was. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. 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 Th- pretty much. I think I can, I can build a story based on that. All right. Well, that being said, I think this is a good place to, wind down this portion of the episode uh we'll take a quick break we'll listen to some music and then when we come back we'll listen to the story that i will have read for denny it'll be called other denny and then we'll talk about it thank you guys for being here please stick around Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that little musical break. I would like to reiterate my guest today is Denny Long, uh, based out of Houston. He's a web developer, owns his business, and he's a personal trainer. Uh, if you check the um, the bio 
uh, just below his photograph on the website, which is uh, www.danielmoreno.me. Uh, you will see that there's a link there to be a part of his mailing list. You can get in touch with him that way. If you're uh, looking for a personal trainer or looking for some web development services, or you just want to follow along with his journey in this life, uh, that will be there. Check the link, click it, follow the prompts as they appear. Denny, are you ready to hear other Denny? <laughs> yeah, someone see the other side of me. Excellent. Excellent. It's like the dark side? Or, or I uh, guess I'm about to find out. It, it's not super dark. It's not super <laughs> I was like wondering, I was like, oh man, are we going to, because like I had a few where, uh, conversations where we were dealing with either mental health or something like that, where a lot of the subject matter was coming from a dark place. I'm like, oh, okay, so we're going <laughs> to, but th- this, I don't, I don't feel like that one was this one, but yeah, here we go. All right, other Denny. <clears throat> I'm just so tired, Mom. Lately, I've been putting in these 100-hour weeks. Luckily, the last two weeks have been 55 in the office and the rest on the road. You know, I made friends with two flight attendants, Damien and Erica. They're a lovely duo. They seem to be on my flights from Houston to Boston as often as I make the trip. I fell asleep on the elevator, Ma. Like, drooling on myself asleep. Maybe I do need a break. Other Denny relays to his mother's voicemail. He puts his phone into his bag and heads into the gym on the bottom floor of his hotel. This is the first time he stayed at this hotel. He usually stays at a modest hotel and uses the per diem on meals and drinks after the workday is done. This trip, he decided to treat himself. Other Denny walks laps around the equipment looking for a place to settle in and perform his Tuesday routine. Tuesdays and Thursdays are upper body. Mondays and Fridays are bottom half. I don't really like any of these dumbbells. Unfortunate, they touted the gym as an attractive feature on the website. Disappointed, other Denny heads to the personal trainer area. It is empty, which seems peculiar for this time of day. He heads over eagerly and takes hold of a kettlebell, a crowbar, a bosu ball, and two 20-pound dumbbells. He sits on the matted floor and admires the cleanliness of the small gym. He notices three treadmills, two elliptical machines, and a single stationary bike. Opposite the row of cardio offerings, he notices a seemingly rarely used bin of medicine balls, resistance bands, and heavy maces. He gently blows air out of his nose, slightly amused. He closes his eyes and begins to meditate to enter the appropriate mind space for the workout ahead. He hears chatter, faint whispering. Annoyed, he opens his his eyes to find the culprits, but the room is empty. Shaking it off, he closes his eyes again, counts inaudibly as he breathes in one, two, Three, four, and aloud, out, one, two, three, four. The chatter persists, and he counts louder with each subsequent breath to combat the distraction. After several rounds of breathing, the room falls silent. Comforted, he counts another round in his head, opens his eyes, and yelps aloud. The room is full of people. He has their undivided attention. Shocked, he jumps to his feet and quickly escapes the gym and races to the stairwell. He flies up the six flights of stairs and darts the rest of the way to his hotel room. Gasping for air, he asks aloud, What was that all about? Where did those people come from? Did I I fall asleep? What time is it even? He checks his phone. He has three missed calls from his mother and 20 missed calls from his job. Pulling up his messages, he sees over 100 text messages. His breathing quickens. Scrolling through the messages, one after another reads, Where are you? You missed work. Call me. Is everything okay? Please, just call me. Whatever it is, we can work it out. 
You're an invaluable member of the team. We cannot afford to lose you. What is this? Confused, he pulls out his laptop. He notices a clock in the corner of the screen reads Thursday. Thursday? There is literally no way. How? He scours every search engine he can think of for global anomalies, time travel. After a few minutes, he shuts the laptop. There's no way. Did I fall asleep for two days? Other Denny has been caught daydreaming on occasion, but his strict adherence to schedules has always kept him on track every minute of of the day in its place. Not yesterday. I lost 48 hours? He sits in the chair that faces the window. He rests his elbows on his knees and buries his face in his hands. He struggles to remember anything from the last few days, let alone the two that have gone completely missing. Shaking, he retrieves his phone from his bag and calls his mother. There is no answer. He reluctantly leaves a message. Mom, it's Thursday. I swear I just left you a message like 20 minutes ago. It was only a few minutes. Mom, but it's Thursday. How? Am I dead? Please call me back. Other than he drops the phone in his lap and lays back in the chair. Just as his head makes contact with the fabric, his phone chimes. Hey, your father and I are out for a bit. I will check your message and call back in just a few minutes. Other Denny sits in stunned silence, staring at his hands. They're still for a moment, but the adrenaline rushing within him causes them to shake uncontrollably. He watches intently for a moment. Becoming unnerved, he thrusts his hands into his pockets. His heart beats angrily in his chest, echoing loudly in his ears. Making tight fists, he pokes his fingernails into his palms. Taking control of the moment, he stands, grabs his wallet and room key, declaring loudly, I'm hungry. Some time passes. Surely you can see how this is a peculiar situation. You disappeared for two days. After arguing, quite convincingly, I might add, the merits of a promotion. Now, we haven't completely written that off. You really are talented and a, a vi- highly valued member of the team, but something must be done about that. What would you suggest if our positions were reversed? The vice president of the consulting firm that employs other Denny sits stoically opposite a confident other Denny dressed in what is obviously his favorite suit. The creases at the elbows and knees seem well-worn. It sits comfortably on his shoulders, and there's a faint line down the front of his legs where a pleat lived for years. He wears his black Doc Martens that are recently shined. The American short-haired cat he keeps at home recently impressed upon his legs, likely when he was leaving for work in the morning and left a few strands of hair at the hem of his pant leg. Other Denny smiles wide and calmly responds, You are correct. There is a 48-hour window where I was quite difficult to contact. However, all of the systems my team and I set up performed quite well during that time. Whereas there was a lot of confusion as to where I was and how I was managing the project, I believe it is clear that those two days were a success. I appreciate your concern. Thank you. It is heartwarming. What would I do if the situations were reversed? Well, if you were unreachable for two days, but you had set up a measure of automation and empowered a team to function with or without you, and it met every expectation, well, I believe I would sit you down and ask you how you felt you should be dealt with. The vice president blinks through a measure of disbelief and chuckles softly. Well, I suppose you are right. It goes without saying this is the only time an absence like this will be tolerated, no matter what measures you put in place. Understood? Other Denny stands and reaches out for a handshake. Yes, sir. I'm glad to hear this is your position. I was curious how the team would perform without me if ever I was needed elsewhere, and I am satisfied with the result. The vice president eyes Other Denny through suspicious creases. Indeed, he utters, 
before taking his hand and the two share a firm handshake. I'll leave you to it. I look forward to discussing your potential promotion in the coming weeks. We're lucky to have you, and you are lucky to be here. Luck is great, sir, but most of life is hard work. Ian Duncan Smith said that. I will continue to work hard and learn everything uh, and earn everything I have set my mind on. Hmm. Well said. He turns swiftly and leaves Other Denny to his thoughts. The room is empty, and Other Denny's abs have for the first time in an hour unclenched. The soreness throbs with every breath. He walks to the window of the temporary office and looks out onto the street. The lines of cars sit patiently in their rows, everything in its place. The sidewalks are empty. He watches the streetlights change from green to red to green again. Everyone remains still. The air is quiet. He returns to his desk and stares blankly at his computer screen. There's a chime. A calendar notification pops up, alerting him the time allotted for this meeting has ended with the message, click here to begin working from 10 to 6. He slides the mouse cursor over to the button and hesitates. Is this what I really want? To just work all these hours and chat with my flight attendant friends every couple days? Is there nothing else I want? <laughs> nah, who am I kidding? This is exactly what I've been working for. He clicks the button, opens the software program he and his team have been working on for the past few weeks, and gets to work. The end. Okay. <laughs> all right. Not super dark. Not super no. dark. A little, a little. Very interesting. <laughs> a, 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 a very measurable fugue state, I imagine. Um, if I'm quoting, uh, if I'm quoting Breaking Bad. I still haven't seen Breaking Bad. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't seen many, many uh, TV shows or anything, or even movies. That's really impressive. <laughs> <laughs> it's really impressive. Yeah. So uh, he he uh, calls his absences a fugue state um from like to hide from his wife what he's been doing so. <laughs> maybe i should watch that yeah. i don't know if i'll be selling drugs like uh in breaking bad right i think that's what they do right <laughs> clearly yeah, i don't yeah, even yeah, know yeah. what's happening <laughs> yeah Dr drugs are involved i mean it's it's okay. like uh one of the little side parts of the of the story it's really about it just a family just this loving family trying to make it through a potential health crisis. That's it. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Way to tone it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I tried to take the things that we talked about and put pieces of you in here. Were you, were you able to at least see yourself in the story? Oh, yeah. No, I definitely could. Yeah. Um, okay. If anything, it was very... I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. it it's like it, it actually did sort of happen okay uh everything that you said uh just at different points in times okay yeah huh. <laughs> all right i was like what am i reliving <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was uncanny it was just uh oh wow it was very very similar to the experiences that i had okay. back in corporate wow wow okay yeah i don't <laughs> it's like you didn't miss the beat. <laughs> yes, all guesses. Um, but I'm I'm so glad to hear. Well, informed guesses based on our conversation. Mm -hmm. But wow, I'm I'm glad I'm glad you were able to connect with it. Um, I I don't think I ever really asked about how like what your relationship with your parents is. Um, 
And I just decided that you were closer to your mom. Oh, which would you say you're closer to, your mom or your dad? Yeah, it's my mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't really... Uh, well, yeah, it would be my mother because I didn't really see my father as much. Okay. Okay. Didn't see your dad as much. So mm-hmm. what's what's a, what's what's the relationship like with your mom? Did you... Were you guys like super close? Did you talk about a bunch of stuff or was it more like, oh, hey, mom, sort of thing? We were like extremely close. Um, so it's because like both of my parents, they, they work a lot. I guess it runs in the family, all three yeah. of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of working. So it, there was never really any time. But I would say that the closeness, we weren't extremely close. We did talk about certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, a lot of it was probably like half of it was like high, just normal stuff. Gotcha. Nothing too intimate, nothing too deep. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Right on. Do you um, do you think that, <clears throat> or how do you feel that that the relationship with your folks as it relates to the 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 time, or like the access that you had to them, how much do you feel that has uh, informed the way that you build relationships with other people now? Like as as an adult, hmm. could you explain what you mean? So, um, when when we're learning how to interact with humans, right? We take cues from our parents. So, I'm curious to know if there was uh, some of us break out of that um, and are either more outgoing um, when at home things are more reserved or less outgoing. Uh, and things are super outgoing and very intimate at home. So I'm just curious if if you can see that uh, the way that you interacted with your parents, um, because everybody's busy all the time and you're able to mm-hmm. uh, have a limited amount of time. I'm wondering if 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 that has informed any of the ways that you build relationships. I mean, because I like I threw in that little bit about you being friendly with the um, the flight attendants, because I think like. Um, that's like just the perfect type of relationship where you're like, hey, I recognize you. How's it going? Sort of thing. And even if you become on a first name basis, that's just something that, you know, like, OK, this will be here. It's it like I don't have to invest too much of who I am. I can, you know, let let that happen. I'm just curious if you can see the way that you build relationships being impacted by that. Hmm. Well, I can't say I don't entirely know what the impact was. OK. Or if I pin it down. I definitely, yeah, I didn't do too much talking at home, but I did talk a lot to like other people. Mm-hmm. I did talk to flight attendants and yeah. a lot of people around me. <laughs> nice. yeah, I like to strike up a conversation. Mm. Uh, yeah, but I never, I never truly defined like the, the way I communicate with people mm-hmm. in regards to how I communicate with my parents. Okay. So it's actually very interesting. Yeah, I just I, I imagine that a lot of the lessons that we learn in life, you know, we start learning them at home and then mm-hmm. we, you know, we take that out into the wild. Right. And then, yeah. <laughs> you know, we throw the spaghetti against the wall, essentially, in the wild and see what sticks and what doesn't. So I, I'm always curious because I think about um, and this is something that uh, like a few of my friends I've talked with, um, if if. For some, and this goes back to I, I used to watch a lot of those um, documentaries, like hour-long documentaries, where they in, interview uh, inmates, like, "Hey, what are you learning in, in in prison and all this stuff?" And this one dude, he really impacted me because he was talking about how he learned 
that love was pain. How do, how do I, or how do you know that I love you if I don't hurt you? Right. And that just Hmm. comes from how he was, how love was demonstrated to him. Right. And that's usually kids that are like very physically abused at home and then immediately followed by, you know, I love you. Right. I love (laughs) you. I, you know, I'm doing this because I love you. Right. And so that you take that Uh, with you. Yeah. From that going, taking that into life, you know, how do you, you know, transition that into the wild sort of thing. So I'm always, I'm always curious to see like home dynamics in the wild, essentially. I keep saying that. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why you can say in the wild. It's actually pretty funny though. Um, every time you say that, I think of, uh, what was it? Where the wild things live. It's oh, where book. the wild things are. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Where they are. Yeah. I just keep thinking of the book. Um, mm-hmm. but no, I definitely agree with you. It's, mm-hmm we tend to define things in a certain way based mm-hmm. on our experiences. Right. Right. And a lot of it does come from like family life. Of course, your environment, mm-hmm. what you're most connected to. Right. So yeah. yeah, in this case, I didn't, I didn't correlate it with anything mm. and I'll, I'll probably be noticing things as I, as the days pass. Yeah. Okay. Right on, right on. Right on. So, ha- have you ever had um, one of those like time lapses? And maybe it's because, um, like, if you ever gone into somewhere and you don't notice the things around you, and then you look up mm-hmm. and you're like, "Oh, where did all these people come from?" I mean, they were there the whole time. It's just you ever get tunnel vision like that? I'm trying to think. I actually don't think that I have. No, okay. maybe not yet. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully, okay. I don't. Though I don't. That does not sound like a great thing to feel. Yeah. It, well, it's it's. Uh, the, so, the, I feel like I in in my I can remember times where I've been so singularly focused on something, mm-hmm. where I don't notice things around me happening. Right. And mm. um, it's like it, somebody like you're sitting in a room with someone and you're either focused on the TV or something that you're doing. And then you look up and they're gone. You're like, how long have they been gone? Where did they go? You know, that's OK. Of yeah, that sort of actually. So, yes, that happens a lot. Oh, <laughs> Never mind. I was thinking about like something entirely different. Oh, OK. Yeah. When I'm working mm-hmm. um, and I'm in the flow mm-hmm. or in the zone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tend to just forget time just passes by Mm. Uh, i remember when i was in university i would work the entire time like study work do projects everything Mm. and i remember i was the first one there in the very morning okay and i was the last one to leave at like past midnight oh so i was (laughs) i was there the entire time and i didn't even notice anybody i knew people were there but i didn't talk to a single soul i just like just kind of (laughs) flew by wow. apparently they're like yeah we tried talking to you i'm like what <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it happens a lot uh-huh. i get so into the work that i'm doing i just yeah. tune everything else out gotcha so do you do you still experience that now that you are out of the corporate environment that has like very specific you know restrictions towards things do you still find yourself dealing with that as you're working on your own projects so even when I was in corporate and even now I have uh, I do time blocking. Right, right, right. So that's like forcing myself to get into a a state of flow. Okay. So yeah, I would say I still do it. Uh, there are certain things that I believe you don't have to I don't like to be too distracted. Mm-hmm. Uh so 
I turn off all notifications or any way of people contacting me. Mm. So like, the biggest thing one for my friends is, how come you never pick up your phone or respond to your text messages? <laughs> I'm like, that's because I disable everything. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be um, so easily reached. Yeah. If that makes sense. It's like, I don't yeah. want to, there's something about it. It's like, I'm giving up my control, just mm-hmm. like letting you interrupt my day. Yeah. It sounds harsh, but it's exactly what no. it feels like. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree 100%. And uh, I feel like the last few weeks of this, uh, like this show, I'm like bringing up my wife a lot. She just happens to pop up. Uh, that is 100% her mentality, you know, with like, I don't, I don't want to give people unfettered access to me. So mm-hmm. yeah, like she doesn't get um, social media notifications often, you know, cause she's like, I'm doing stuff. I'll, I'll, you feel free to contact me. I'll contact you back if, and when I want to. And that's it, you know, sort of. Yeah. And I only so, give people my email, <laughs> like my friends. Yeah. I'm like, if you need me, just email me, but yeah. I will check at 12 or at four. Yeah. That's yeah. That's uh that's like a, um, a Tim Ferriss thing, right? Yeah. I actually learned it from Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Um, and another, a few other people do it as well. So I'm like, if other people are doing it, it might as well. Yeah. And it worked well it's like it made sense mm-hmm. it wasn't just following because i wanted to follow but yeah. it's like I, I hate having this constant notification which is why earlier we talked about the if i had a social media handle mm-hmm. I, I have social media but i don't like to uh, to check it all the time mm-hmm. yeah, yeah like some people i know that they're like always on it and yep. it's always buzzing i'm like stop <laughs> yeah no no i'm so i i i haven't had um, my notification, like my phone, it doesn't buzz. It doesn't ring. N- it never does that ever. I a hundred percent of the time have it on. If I, if someone calls me, mm-hmm. the only reason I pick up is because I see it light up. If it's in my pocket, I don't even know, you know, <laughs> I mean, th- so that's how I, and that, I think for me, it's just because, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm more willing to respond to people, um, than, I guess some other people uh, with this similar mindset, uh, but I'm I'm unwilling to be interrupted. I guess so. If I'm doing something, no matter what it is, if I'm you know like tying my shoe a thousand times just because I want to make sure I do it right a thousand times in a row, and I just don't want to be interrupted, you know. So, but I mean, I'll call you back if I see it, or I'll text you back if I see it. But if I don't, sorry. <laughs> yeah pretty much and yeah. uh, it's like certain people tend to be kind of upset about that mm-hmm. this is what i've noticed i'm like i'm not purposely ignoring you yeah it's just this is part of my life it's like i don't want to be yeah I, I don't know what the right word is besides like bothered yeah no so uh there's uh, another she's a writer her name is glennon doyle hmm. um and uh she like she has like a, a one part of uh, one of her books. Uh, she says, I'm a bad friend. I'm a bad friend because it might take me three days to get back to you. Hmm. Every single time you contact me, it just, it just <laughs> might, you know, that, that sort of thing. And it's it, like, it has to do with that, that same thing. It's like, look, if I'm, I'm, if I'm working on something or even if I'm not, I don't feel beholden to, you know, the time that you're asking of me every single mm-hmm. time. So just, just know, that you know if you're gonna get into this with me i'll be a good friend in the moments that i am but for a lot of the times i'm just not you know and i think that is that's really freeing um 
because I think we put a lot of weight on the obligation to either a measure of politeness or I think also it bred into that is a measure of fearfulness that we're like, okay, if I don't, if I don't get back to them right away, they're going to stop being my friend. And what will I do if that happens? You know, that sort of thing. I think think that's part of it. I I do have an interesting thing. Like, so when I see it, if I, I don't wait, I don't know how to explain it. Some certain people, they have uh, the tendency to, if they see a message, they won't immediately respond. Mm -hmm. Just be like, "Uh, whatever. I, even though I like to, I guess, ignore messages, Mm -hmm. if I see one come through immediately, I will respond in that time frame. It's like, if I get it, I'm going to get it. I'm going to reply. So I did, I don't have to worry about it. Gotcha. I don't want it in the back of my mind that I didn't reply. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm into that. I'm into that. That's like a, a, a lovely, like on, on, a, on a graph of where you would be. It's like you're like somewhere in that middle uh, where I kind of am. Or it's like, if I see it, cool, I'll respond to you. But if, if I don't yeah. see it. It's like the, uh, what's that stupid dating rule? It's like three days or something before oh, you text yeah. them? I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like three, three days, days after three the first date. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you date a lot? Um. So ever since I started my business, so like after leaving the corporate world, mm-hmm. I decided to put all my time into uh, the business. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a lot of people are like, well, you have time now. Just go and date. I'm like, No. <laughs> I, there's not that much time it's like yeah. i'm running two businesses yes i don't like do it uh it's not like i'm working every single minute mm-hmm. i mean i am but it's for a different reason i'm not i don't have to f- there's like maintenance tasks right mm-hmm. which yeah. are kind of like busy work mm-hmm. i'm not i don't try to be busy all the time i'm always trying to work on growth right okay but i don't want to interrupt that with having like another responsibility mm-hmm. aka like a girlfriend i'm like uh yeah not yet i, I still have time like, yeah okay there's no rush okay i and oh. that's that's really commendable uh because if you're aware about where your priorities are currently if if you gave in to you're like oh you know it would be fine to go on a date every now and again then, then everybody's just wasting their time you know <laughs> Yeah, I, it's actually interesting that you said that. It is kind of like a waste of time for both parties, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and also, if you think of it like this, let's say you're—I think every business owner has felt this. Your business is the other woman. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, why would I get uh, a girlfriend mm-hmm. and then neglect her because I'm working on my business? Yeah. That's not fair. Yeah, it's not. It's not fair to everybody. Yeah. And then, exactly. like, that just, like, plants the seeds of resentment that, you know, you end up fighting about for months later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I commend you on that. Way, way to... I, I appreciate the self-awareness. I think... And this is my own... Like, the little thing that I have found in this life that brings me a measure of comfort and joy. Uh, I think self-awareness is one of the major proponents of actual happiness in this life. Because it... It, it gives you so much freedom to do things and, and access to life in a way that is beneficial to everyone, to you especially, because, you know, if you're aware of the things that you like, the things that you don't like, what you have time for, what you don't, you know, you can choose the things that can fit, you know. So, right on. Yeah. I dig it. This would, so, like, what's interesting is, like, as I, as I was writing this, um, I kept thinking, because I... I didn't necessarily want to bring in or focus on 
any of the 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 mental health things that we were talking about. But I mm-hmm. always try to uh, be respectful of that because I, I know like in my life and in the lives of the, a lot of the people that are very close to me, mental health is very, very important. Uh, oh, yeah. Awareness and the just the the removal of the stigma of that as just a facet of life. I always try and, and be cognizant of that. Um, and so I was, I was surprised when I was done. I was like, wow, that really didn't pop up. I mean, maybe you could consider like that little bit of the missing 48 hours as part of that, but I mean, didn't really open it up. So I was, I was surprised. I was like pleasantly surprised, I guess, but uh, just cause I think it's, it's really important to, to have conversations about it and just to incorporate it in life in not a way and not necessarily in ways that are like, Oh, he has all these problems or she has all these problems. She's crazy. You know, Oh no. What are they going to do? You know? Mm-hmm. And instead, yeah, yeah. The interesting thing is, I I do have an affinity towards like trying to improve my mental health, mm-hmm. and anybody who who kind of reach out like friends mm-hmm. and and ask about it for their sake, or I guess for mine as well. Mm-hmm. So that's actually part of the reason why I had left the corporate world, right? I think mm-hmm. we talked about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was actually just like I told him. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I want to work on my mental health. It's like, yeah. see ya. Mm-hmm. Right on. <laughs> yeah, it's also another piece of the the training that I do. Okay. So the personal training that I do, it's not just about exercise. Um, okay. Exercise is amazing because I'm, I'm kind of like a robot. I like to be very efficient, very effective. Um, so that's why the personal training aspect includes like exercise. That's why I love it because I get to think better. But then there's also the fact that, well, you want to have a good body, but then you also want to have a great mind as well. It revolves revolves around like four pillars. Okay. And the first pillar is about like physical fitness. Mm -hmm. You want to be able to be strong, keep yourself healthy, make yourself efficient, like your brain, Mm -hmm. your body, essentially like you, I want to have a good body that would take me, um, to my hundreds yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. um but then there's also like the the mental aspect of it as well so i like to incorporate mental toughness okay. which is i feel that everybody's gonna go through crap mm-hmm. honestly like that, i don't know how else to put it it's you go through crap yeah um you have negative perceptions mm-hmm. and then there's like positive experiences as well and i didn't never i never liked the aspect of Oh, just be positive all the time. And like, yeah, I mean, I like mm. to be happy, but it's hard to be just positive. Mm. And so I try to incorporate a lot of uh, mental toughness, mm-hmm. it, which is based on a lot of factors. It's like how you experience things, your mindset, and also p- pushing yourself to do more mm-hmm. to, to get to that next level. And you can do that through like either working on tasks or honestly also working out because you the game of fitness is it's not just about fitness like physical movement mm. it's also a mental game yeah because you could keep pushing i don't know if you've read anything from uh david goggins or heard some of the things he said <sighs> yes he was a, a mainstay right. in the in the apartment uh last summer i want to say august <laughs> yeah like podcast like every podcast appearance he was on we listened to his book yeah <laughs> Yeah, so he he basically talks about a lot of mental toughness as well, mm-hmm. and I like the the aspect. So, yeah, and then the other two pillars are having energy to mm-hmm. go through with all this stuff and the habits to keep it 
going. Right. So that's everything that I try to combine into one. Gotcha. That's great. That like the, the, I love the, the idea of mental toughness. And, um, one of the things that always drives me nuts, uh, like, especially about like life coaches and things of that nature, how they're always saying, Oh, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Everything's fine. It's going to be fine. Um, I don't have the luxury of believing that. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> at all. I don't so, know. It sounds like you have, uh, or this is just an assumption because mm-hmm. this is based on me mm-hmm. as well. Um, did you have like a pretty dark experience or somewhat dark? Not all these like bright light oh, and positivity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, what I have learned in this life, right. And this is also growing up around, um, people that have gone to church my whole life, you know, that are always like, Oh no, God has a plan. I'm like, or maybe he doesn't, or maybe part of his plan is to you to suffer your whole life and then die. I mean, I don't know, but the idea that like, Oh no, no, it's going to be okay. It's, it it might not, you know, it's true. Things might not work out. And that doesn't say don't work for them. Don't, like have hope in your heart and take the steps to make it happen. That's not saying that does not saying pursue all the things that you want, but what it's saying is there's no guarantee. There's mm-hmm. no guarantee. Right. So yeah. just trusting in the notion that everything is fine and all things are lovely and flowery and positive is, I think is unfair because it really, what does that, what does that do to the people that have like, that suffer like crazy, crazy trauma, you know? in their youth or people who family members are like murdered in front of them. Mm-hmm. Was it okay for their family member? No, it was not. Okay. Yeah, no, it isn't. You can't just have positive thoughts about that. Right. Right. You know, so I like the, the logical part of me is like, okay, surely we can find some measure of comfort in time. Right. And even if there are lessons to learn from all of these things, okay, fine. But just, glibly saying you know oh everything's gonna be okay it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine or it's not or you end up homeless and or this that or whatever you know it's like it's sometimes things just don't work out yeah but the biggest part of like which is why i like to talk about that mental toughness aspect Mm -hmm. is whether or not it's not gonna work out fine it's up to you to to make a choice like put in that effort it's like Mm-hmm. shit not uh, shit might hit the fan right now yeah but it's up to you you've got to be able to to push through it and you have to make that effort yeah no I, one's gonna change your life for you right i agree 100 percent. i dig it i dig it yeah oh man you got to put on your own shoes bud got to put on your own <laughs> shoes <laughs> yeah it's, it's actually interesting uh i never really talked about this with anybody because this is something that i wanted to introduce like later on maybe mm-hmm. it was like a a book or something okay. but it was talking about uh the mental health aspect like going through everybody's experience in my own as well mm-hmm. and part of it is using that dark energy is what i call it okay. um to feel yourself because mm-hmm. uh, i had so i'm really big into food so mm-hmm. i guess this is a spoiler for if it once i write the book but it was okay. talking about how there's renewable energy or there's different types of energy you could use, mm-hmm. which is gas, electric, or hate, or dark energy. Okay. So, <laughs> so one of that. Okay. Um, so I, it was actually going to be hate because mm-hmm. growing up I was bullied a lot, but that's mm-hmm. actually what skyrocketed me like towards making better, um, decisions for me mm-hmm. and yeah, progressing me forward. 
So I actually wanted to to do something along the lines of that. Wow. Okay. Harnessing the darker energy. There's nothing wrong with dark energy, in my opinion. It just depends how you use it and what you define as dark energy. Okay. I'm into that. I'm into that. What what would be so then what what would be a good example of or an example of uh using dark energy to your benefit and what would be an example of using uh dark energy to your detriment hmm. okay so i would say that in the case of what i was talking about like the bullying bullying mm -hmm. aspect i didn't want to be in the spot where i was so unconfident and basically i felt really weak mm -hmm. but i did have this like energy thriving, thriving within me it's like i hate everything so i'm going to put all the energy into like working out, improving myself, okay. um, building perseverance. Okay. So it wasn't just through like working out, but also um, working on like academics or, or projects. So something that happened before was I was always dubbed as the, the dumbest person in the room mm. or like the, basically it's like always the worst of all qualities. I'm like, I hate all of you. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to find a way to break out of that. So okay. I would say that I did. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty proud proud of my accomplishments. Great. But it was because like that energy. I couldn't just think like, oh, everything everything's great. Like I'm happy as mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I don't have an example. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, but I did. I did have that energy. I did have something to fuel me. It wasn't motivation mm -hmm. like in that positive sense, but it was that uh, that deeper that that primal instinct. Like I just want to destroy anything in my path. Like. Gotcha. Okay. I don't. I don't care about obstacles. I'm going to find my way through it. Right. So that was a positive way that you could use dark energy, in my opinion. Okay. And if it was the same concept, so I've definitely seen other people, mm -hmm. and I myself have fallen to it at times. Mm -hmm. So let's say even it's that same aspect, thinking about everybody that hates you, a lot of people just build resentment. Yeah. Right. So they have so much of that, uh, that hate, that dark energy that they, they bottle it inside mm -hmm. and they, they use it for basically things that don't help anybody, not mm -hmm. even themselves. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that would be an example. I don't have a, I try to think of a real, like, like a real life example. Depth, yeah. Okay. In depth one. Um, technically you can see a lot if you really think about it. That's why sure. like people become like alcoholics okay. or um, some other, uh, like a junkie, mm -hmm. right? Because they're, they're trying to suppress it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I can't think of an example. I don't know if you've come up with anything. <laughs> I mean, there are very dark uh, ways. I guess they don't think about that too much. Sure. It's like, I'm not trying to find a way to, to harness <laughs> it into something bad. In I want to way? change okay. what... Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. people think that... Uh, it doesn't always have to be bad. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty neutral. You can be mm -hmm. indifferent, but you decide what you're going to use it for. Right. Okay. I'm into that. And I think that it's, um, the way that I would break it down is responding to, it's like you have a few different ways that you can respond to that. We'll use your specific example of, of being bullied, uh, and mm -hmm. like being denigrated as the worst of these. Right. Yeah. Um, so a, a few different ways that you can respond. Number one, you can be totally indifferent and ignore everything and, you know, di completely disassociate. Right. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, you, you say your things that has no impact. I don't care. I'm removing myself from an emotional place in this. Uh, you can do what you did. You can uh, the hatred that is building inside you for the people that are hurting you. 
uh, you can use that to fuel the change that you're seeing and not necessarily for their approval. I, I don't imagine that you did it so that they would look at you and be like, Oh wow, we were wrong. You aren't the dumbest in the room <laughs> are bad. You know, it wasn't for that. Uh, no. but you fueled the, what was happening inside of you to uh, effect change. Right. Mm -hmm. and yeah. And the and reason was actually so that I don't want anybody else to feel the same way that I did. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to, I wanted to actually get to a place where I could help others. Mm -hmm. Like, so they don't, they never had to go through the same things that I go through. And right. that was part of the, the purpose behind it. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So, so harnessing that the emotional reaction that was like rooted in, in hatred and disdain for these people that were hurting you, you wanted to mm -hmm. utilize it and then, you know, teach people how to yeah deal that was later on though yeah okay. but at first it was just like i just hate all of you just want to get. <laughs> <laughs> but later on like you can't hold that hatred for too long uh otherwise it eats you up yeah. so it's like but then i found another purpose okay not just to get better but to help others right on okay i'm into it i'm into it yeah that's that's that is a that is a, a very clever um usage of and I, I like the the term that you use, dark energy. So it's a clever use of dark energy. Because I feel like as emotional creatures, uh, we experience that. Some people, yeah. it's easier for them to let things go and to uh, move on. But I think a, a lot of times people, when they, they think they've moved on, they've really just suppressed a lot of how they were feeling. They don't really deal exactly. with it. They don't, like, they don't learn how to forgive. They just tend to, instead of like... Uh, lashing out at the other person they start harming themselves emotionally they blame themselves they hold themselves responsible for the things that have been said to them or things that have happened to them and so they just push it down uh, but the idea of you know like well hang on before you put that away let's use that to you know fuel yeah some things. <laughs> right on i'm into it yeah best I'm source of renewable energy yeah right <laughs> that's literally what i call it all the time nice I'm into it. Was there uh, anything else about the story that stuck out to you? Well, besides the fact that it was pretty uncanny, like everything was pretty spot on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. It, it. So like as you were talking about the story mm -hmm. or reading it aloud, I, I literally put myself back into it. I was like, the, all of this pretty much happened. Mm -hmm. Uh and it as the story was going it was like yeah i don't i don't regret leaving yeah. <laughs> it, it's actually funny because uh you said something about the the promotion in mm -hmm. a couple of weeks yeah so that was actually something that they're that they told me to not leave <laughs> i was like <laughs> okay i'm okay yeah i already know that you were going to promote me but i'm still going to leave yeah Oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, so there's that. It, it, because it, the, the part of it was, because you mentioned, do I want to continue doing this my entire life? Mm -hmm. Like, this is what I'm made for? Mm -hmm. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, it's the other me, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, this solidified, like, the whole decision that I had, like, my whole purpose. It's to be better. Mm -hmm. like, not just, like, work. I don't want to just be a hard worker, like I said yeah. before. Yeah, I, I love that, though. I, I I love that that was part of the motivation, you know, because that's such an American thing, right? 
wearing that badge of I'm a hard worker, you know? Oh yeah. I'm a hard no, I'm a, I'm a hard worker. Look, look I, I have my badge. <laughs> it's on my shirt, you know? That sort of thing. And like not letting that be enough of a definition of of who you are. I was like really really enthralled by that. Uh, <laughs> so, right on. Good good job getting out, my dude. Good job getting out. Thank you. Proud of you. With that being said, I think this is a really good place to wrap things up. Um, so, um, the have you started a podcast? Yes, I actually did start a podcast. Mm-hmm. However, I I was actually partnering with another friend, and I actually wanted to change the direction of it. it okay, I wanted to play a different role. So gotcha. okay. I'm actually restarting the podcast. <laughs> if okay. that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, okay. So you're like rebooting the. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like the concept. Like, what is the goal of this podcast? Gotcha. Instead okay. of uh, what we were doing before, it was talking about like creative entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. and I still want to talk about that, but it's not the the whole goal of okay. what it is. Okay. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit more outside of that realm. Gotcha. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Pardon me. Oh, have you on the podcast. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I'd be more than happy to join your podcast. I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll let you know how it goes. All right. Please, please do. Hopefully please. by the time uh, this episode comes out, mm-hmm. uh, it could be something that's included in the notes or in the bio. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. So to wind things down, um, click the link in the little description under his photo join his uh his email list uh you can follow him there um if uh if if the the podcast that he's working on is up by then check it out if not i'm sure you will get updates through that email list where you can follow him he's got a lot of really good stuff to say denny thank you so much for being a part of the show really loved having you on this was a really wonderful conversation i believe um what a pleasure thank you Thank you, Daniel. Yeah, for sure. For it was sure. great to hear the other side of me. Excellent. I was expecting like an evil clone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he very well, very well might be just hides it very well. That's it. He just hides it. <laughs> uh, yeah, right on. Okay, come back next week for another episode of Other You. Uh, follow us on uh, Twitter other at Other You Podcast. For Denny, I am D, and we out. Bye. <laughs>